your news program every morning with up-to-the-minute news and extensive analysis of issues from Korea and abroad. This morning with Alex Jensen on TBS EFM. So here we are, just a week away from Britain's big decision on whether to stay or leave the European Union. A message on Kakao Talk from Adam Rowe saying that the UK risks isolating itself not only from the EU but also the rest of the world if it leaves and also pointing out that it has retained sovereignty even while being part of the EU. Let's bring in Dr. Simon Usherwood, a senior lecturer in politics at the University of Surrey, a senior fellow of the UK in a changing Europe. Good morning to you from Seoul. Good morning. This is clearly a hugely divisive issue, and Britain has been portrayed as being right down the line. If Britain is indeed right down the line, doesn't, doesn't that favour the Remain campaign? Uh, because to make such a bold decision as to leave would surely require a bit more momentum than that. Yes, I think uh, even though the polls really don't give us anything to, to go on, that neither side's looking like it has a clear advantage, you, you've got to expect that there are going to be some people who, when they actually reach that ballot box, are going to be worried about the kind of changes that might come about from uh, the, the relative uncertainty of leaving the EU and are, are going to stick with uh, what they know, even if they're not necessarily very enthusiastic about it. Indeed. And, and after all, they are, in fact we are, I'm going to be taking part as well, by proxy, voting for change. And if we reverse this round, this is uh, one of the interesting questions that's come up in the process of debate. And, and if the question was, uh, should Britain be part of the EU, let's say, if they weren't currently a member, would you suggest that uh, the country would vote in favour of, of joining the European Union? Uh, I think on the basis of the debate that we've had so far, no, you wouldn't get that. But it, it's interesting that you, you phrase it like that because that's something that's been offered as a as a, a way of thinking about things by a lot of the, the Leave campaigners and precisely for the reason that, that you started off with, which is that people tend to be uh, conservative with a small c, that they tend to be unsure about... Uh, change the, that might be happening in their lives, mm. um, uh, they, they feel more comfortable with what they, they, they know uh, or think they know. Um, and so uh, trying to frame it as would we join uh, the EU is something which is, is a way of trying to get past that, that kind of uh, cognitive uh, bias that, that people have. Um, mm. So, I th I, you know, at the same time, the, the question isn't going to be uh, whether we would be joining. It's about whether we should stay uh, or whether we should uh, leave. Um, and I, I, I think the, the problem for me so far has been that neither of the two campaigns has really made a, a clear connection with the public uh, for very different reasons. Indeed. I mean, and there are so many different avenues we could go down in terms of... Uh the, the factors that are affecting this immigration, for example, is a big one. Maybe we should start there. Can you clarify for us, because a lot of the uh, Remain campaigners will say that immigration actually is a far bigger issue for non-EU non migrants, and that um, regardless, migration has, has benefited the UK. 
Yes, I think you've got a bit of a, a conundrum going on here. Um, economically, uh, the, the level of immigration to the UK economy has been very beneficial. It's one of the reasons why the, the British economy has been doing uh, as well as it has in coming out of the, the financial crisis uh, over the past few years. Um, the problem, though, is that the, the, the macroeconomic picture, the big picture, if you like, isn't the same as the one that uh, people in uh, local communities are experiencing, that there clearly is a, a dislocation, uh, that you're getting, in uh, some cases, substantial numbers of uh, migrants coming into communities that, that haven't really experienced this before. So uh, more rural uh, areas uh, have been taking in more uh, East European workers to, to work in uh, farms, to do seasonal uh, agricultural work. And uh, public services haven't kept up very uh, efficiently or effectively with those, those changes in numbers. So people do feel concerned, mm. um, even though in, in the broader sense they, they are, are benefiting from it uh, as, a, as a community. And uh, as you say, rightly, uh, for the last uh, 20 odd years, uh, non-EU uh, migrants have outnumbered uh, EU migrants. So uh, we, we've kind of got this uh, situation where we're trying to uh, talk about uh, controlling uh, migration for what is still the, the minority of uh, people coming into the country. I mean, there might be a number of areas that are creaking in the UK right now. Healthcare, for example, uh, is struggling to cope with numbers. Not only that, uh, like many other countries uh, that are ageing, there are major pension questions to go along with those health care provision issues and tra public transportation and, and so on. But is Britain better equipped to deal with those pro problems inside or outside the European Union? Or does it even matter? It's, it's a bit difficult to say. I think... Clearly, there is a, a big demographic change, as, as your listeners will well know, that uh, the ageing of a population puts very different pressures on systems that were de designed in the post-war period when there were a lot more economically active people, a lot fewer uh, retired pensioners who uh, were, were drawing on those uh, social uh, security systems. Those problems clearly are common to, to many uh, uh, countries uh, around the world. I think you, you could make the argument that the UK would be better able to, to manage that within the EU. So and just to take one example with pensioners, um, we talk a lot about the, the number of uh, EU uh, nationals in the UK, but there are just as many uh, UK nationals in other EU member states. And a lot of those, uh, for example, in Spain, are uh, people who've retired to somewhere with better weather than uh, our famous uh, mm. climate here in the UK. And uh, they are relatively uh, a draw on the local Spanish economy, even though they make contributions you know, through their shopping and uh, through uh, their general expenditure. But you know, their, their cost to the, to the Spanish state is much bigger than the kinds of migrants that the UK gets in, who tend to be younger, economically active, contributing more in taxation than they take out in benefits. Yeah. So I think you, these, are, these are going to be big issues uh, of uh, population that I think generally a country needs to, to work through. And I, I think um, in either case, it's, uh, it's, it's a matter of how does a, uh, a country 
uh, choose to, to tackle this problem. And EU membership, I think, is, is only ever going to be one part of that portfolio. Yeah, I mean, Britain, after all, still retains its own currency. And in, in many other ways, as we had a message point out, Britain does have sovereignty. So this idea of leaving the EU to bring about some sort of rapid change, even for those who, who might be in favour of leave, they surely have to concede that that rapid change would, would not come about overnight because not all that much would change instantly, would it? Well, uh, one of the exciting uh, aspects of this referendum is that even if everyone in the country voted to leave uh, uh, on the, uh, the morning of the, the 24th, so the day after when the result was announced, the UK would still be a member state. Mm. Uh, we have uh, a system uh, in the EU the, of uh, countries uh, leaving, uh, and that could take easily uh, up to two years, which is allowed for in the treaty, or could be extended even further. And the number of issues, the number of ways in which the UK is entwined with the EU is, uh, touches every area of what uh, the state does. Uh, there's a whole load of legal complications, um, and it, it does take a, a lot of time uh, and effort to, to unwind that. So simply saying we're off, goodbye, is not actually going to be no. uh, an option in, in doing this. So, uh, yes, in the short run, you won't see much change. You might, you know, there'll be uh, currency fluctuations and the stock market uh, probably won't be very happy for a while. But uh, it's going to be a, a long process and, and one which I think we're, we're not going to see the end of for quite a long time. Dr Usherwood, finally, from a global perspective, should uh, the world be cheering for remain or leave? There are many, there are many points out there. One a result of those stock market fluctuations, the market's being rattled, they're already being rattled, but also as far as uh, geopolitics is concerned, is a uni unified Europe, for example, more of an asset to world peace? I think the, the view from most countries uh, around the world is that uh, the EU being together, that Europe working together is a good thing. It's, uh, it means that there is more coherence. It means that uh, economically there are more opportunities. So a lot of countries invest in the UK so they have access to the, the EU market, including a lot of uh, Korean companies, of course. So I think there will be a concern about uh, the UK uh, wanting to leave. And if it does leave, uh, I think a lot of countries will be not very happy uh, about that. But at the same time, these things happen, and I think uh, countries will work out quite what kind of relationship the, the UK is going to have with the EU and, as a consequence, what relationship they are going to have with the UK. Mm. Dr Usherwood, thank you very much for setting the scene for us. We've got a week to go, so I'm sure we'll be continuing the build-up. Thanks very much for your time. My pleasure. Dr. Simon Ashwood of the University of Surrey. You can still text us, pound or sharp, 1013 for 51 per message. Stay or leave. You can email us, efmthismorning at gmail.com.